0: Hello and welcome back to Higher Health, the podcast helping you to grow and evolve as a human being. My name is Christian Lowell. On this podcast today, I'm going to go through my top 12 teachings of 2022. Now I put a post out about this on social media a few weeks ago, right at the start of the year, but I figured it'd be fun to just sort of go through them one by one and talk about them in a little bit more detail. So I'm doing this completely off the cuff, as I normally do with all my solo episodes, to be fair. This one's going to be even more sort of spontaneous and um, in the moment than than usual. So, let's get to it. First of all, number one, be compassionate to yourself and to others. This is a really big one. I think, for me, self-compassion is something that I'm continuing to get better at, but it's something that naturally hasn't been really my, my thing. I'm, I'm naturally much more someone who comes from a place of just, I guess, like criticism and judgment and, and like discipline. You know, for me, it was always about pushing myself and striving to be better and to improve, which is great. There's lots of value to that, but there's also a time and a place to say, you know what, actually I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best. I've done the best that I could given where I was at that moment in time. And just meeting myself with more compassion, I think is actually a really powerful precursor to then creating the positive change that perhaps I was seeking. Um, I think if you can first and foremost meet yourself with compassion, that just allows you to step forward with a a healthier feeling internally, rather than coming from a place of judgment or fear or insufficiency. So being compassionate to yourself and, of course, to other people as well, recognizing that everybody has their own shit going on. Everybody has a story and has stuff that's happening in their life that you probably aren't aware of. So recognizing that or being aware of that possibility rather than being so quick to judge and to condemn others, I think, is a really important thing. So that's a big one, hence why it was number one on the list. The second one, here we go, let go of the idea of who you are. This goes a little bit deeper. So, this for me is like, I guess it's uh, almost like one of the the ways out of suffering. And it speaks to how identified we can each be with the idea of ourselves. I think I actually did a little podcast episode on this earlier in the year. Uh, Let me just quickly check. Yeah, number 28, who are you really? Um, and I quoted a little, little extract from the book *The Untethered Soul* by Michael Singer. And in that, he just sort of unpacks the the myth or the illusion of the self that we each have become very wrapped up in and tied up in. You know, we can think, for for an example, I use myself. Right, I could live under the the constructs which i do for the most part that i am christian that i'm a personal trainer i work at tunbridge wells personal training i'm 26 years old i played football for the most part of my life i have brown dark dark brown hair um all these like external things i'm six foot two whatever all these these little labels these things that can I, i can identify with that can point me out as as being me And I think the the real freedom comes from stepping into the awareness that you're none of those things. All of those things are great and they are somewhat true, but each of us at a deeper level are not any of the labels that we've assigned to ourselves or that have been assigned to us. There was a time when all of those things that I just listed weren't weren't true about myself, yet... I still existed at a deeper level, at a more level of consciousness. So I think really where I'm going with that is that the idea of who you are, the construct that you've built, isn't necessarily who you are. (laughs) Who you are is just the awareness, the consciousness that resides deeper within you, who is just there watching at all times. So that's a bit of a deep one, um, but I think it's so important. and It allows me to remember and to recognise that actually, as important as the stuff in life is, the career, the relationships, all of that stuff, all the external stuff, is super important, but also, none of it is permanent, is here forever, nor am I, and just to accept that reality I think is quite liberating. Anyway, on to number three, your words hold power. I like this I think I heard a few times last year um, People talk about the power of language There's the, the term abracadabra There's like some sort of Hebrew translation And essentially it means As I speak, so I create And that's powerful, isn't it? and also the whole idea of words casting spells, hence the term spelling. I like that too. Basically, it just speaks to the fact that the words, the language that you use creates your reality. So if you're using language or you're using words or you're describing yourself in a way that is derogatory and putting yourself down and is self-deprecating and limiting, then you're not going to experience perhaps some of the things that you're striving to experience because you're preempting negative experiences by using negative terms, negative words, negative language. So instead, using your language to create your current state and your future ideal state is a really important thing. That doesn't mean that just by like saying affirmations, you're going to suddenly create the perfect dream life. No, but there is undoubtedly power to the words that you use so being conscious of that and starting to write a story that actually you would prefer that you would like as opposed to writing a story that you wouldn't like and that you don't like based on the language that you're using I think that's important so be conscious of the fact that your words hold power so use your words carefully but also, there's also many different ways of interpreting that. I'm sure you could also interpret that from a point of, you know, how you speak to others is also important. But that really wasn't, that wasn't necessarily what I was trying to get at with that little point there. Anyway, on to number four, practice gratitude for everything in life. This is a big one. I, you you always hear people talk about gratitude, don't you? And it was something that I'd heard for a long time, but I didn't really apply it to my life. But I think around the midpoint of last year, I was like, you know what, let me just like, try every day for a bit of time, just practice gratitude, just write down three or four things each day, or even just think of three or four things that I'm grateful for. And I can't say it was like life shifting, but I think over time, it has become much more of a mindset that I've adopted sort of subconsciously. Now, i I think I went from being someone who's probably a little bit more on the pessimistic side to someone who generally has quite an optimistic outlook on life. But one of the things that I, I started to realise when it comes to practising gratitude is that it's very easy to practise gratitude and to express gratitude for the things that are going good in your life, things that are going well. Um, but I think it's also important to practise gratitude for the things that perhaps you don't like and the things that maybe aren't going so well. So, for instance, maybe you have an injury, or you have, or some, you know, something happens to some to a loved one. I think actually practicing gratitude for something within that experience can be really important and can really shift your perspective. So, let me go with the the injury because that's a little bit more lighthearted, or not lighthearted, but a little just less intense. Um, say you've got, you know, a bad back injury, and it, it, every day you're in pain. By practicing gratitude for that experience, that in turn allows you to perhaps reframe it and to go, you know what, I'm grateful for the fact that my body is sending me a message and letting me know that I have to change something about my lifestyle in order to address this issue. Or perhaps it's a matter of by expressing gratitude for this event in advance, I'm able to learn the necessary lesson from the event moving forward. So I guess it's just looking at the, the supposed or the, uh, the the events that we view as negative in our lives, perhaps in gratitude for those because knowing in the knowing that given time, those negative events can actually be become positive events. Again, just given time. Take that as you like, you might disagree with that, but that's just the way I like to try to try to frame things. Number five, life is a feeling process. So this was a big one that, that sort of dawned on me when I went to a little town called Almuñeca in Spain, on the south coast of Spain, right at the start of 2022. And I think it was my first holiday sort of post-COVID. And so probably in like two or three years. And it just reminded me of the value of traveling, of experiencing things firsthand, because you can experience or you can... Um, You can, you know, view something on social media or on Google or whatever. You can look at a picture of a place or someone can tell you what it's like. Someone can tell you what it's like to go somewhere or to taste an avocado or whatever it might be. But until you have the actual experience yourself, you will never truly know what that experience is like. So for me, that's what I mean by saying life is a feeling process. You have to experience, you have to feel things yourself to truly Appreciate and understand the experience. And I think that's really important that we do that as much as we can. Number six, stop resisting life. Trust in how it unfolds. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a really big one. That was like, I felt like for the, the large, a large chunk of 2022, I was in resistance. I was just resisting life. The way it happened, I was like, "No, life shouldn't be happening like this. This is not the way it should be going." <laughs> and, and it doesn't. It doesn't help. It's actually just like it, it. makes. It just creates suffering. It doesn't. It doesn't change anything. It just means that now you suffer twice. I think it's like the Buddhists have like a an expression. I might not be able to remember it fully. It's like the the two arrows is the expression, and like the it's like the first arrow is the event that happens. And the second arrow is your reaction to it. So you end up basically getting hit by the by two arrows. And that was like the state in which I felt I was for, for a large part of at least the start of 2022. Something would happen and then I would resist it and I would create more suffering by resisting it. So towards the end of the year, I just started to go, you know what, let me just trust in everything that is happening and trust in the way in which life is unfolding and stop thinking that i know what how life should unfold or that i know what's best for me i think is a really sort of arrogant um idea or belief to to think that you know what's best for you you know what how life should go in order for you to be okay or for you to be happy so having more trust in life that's something that i continue to try to embody it's difficult because life those challenges and it makes makes things difficult but I think having trust is so so important so past the halfway point on to number seven don't be afraid to slow down I think in this sort of modern society the pressure can be on just to keep on pushing keep on going keep on grinding and I think we under appreciate the value of slowing down taking some time off stepping outside taking a deep breath you need to slow down in order to then speed up and move forward. It's the whole, you know, take one step back to take two steps forward. It's so relevant. It's so true. And I think for me, this year, one of the big things that I'm conscious of prioritizing is taking more time off work. I still want to work hard and to, to build my business. But I'm also, I also know that it's important that I allow myself more moments to rest so that when I am working, I'm more effective, more productive, more tuned in. So just don't be afraid to slow down. Number eight, you get what you give. What was I thinking with this one? I think I, think I was thinking about how ultimately what you put out into the universe is what you get back. So oh, there's another cool sort of saying around this. Is, that is, um, you don't see life the way it is. You see it as you are. So ultimately the way in which you show up will dictate what life reflects back to you. If you're someone who thinks that the world is out to get them, that people are evil, that you can't trust anybody, then you're going to have you're going to come across people like that. You're going to come across events that trigger you in that way. So instead, if you can reverse that and instead try to approach life with love and with positive energy, then you're going to get that in return. So, and I really think there's a lot of value to that. I really think there's so much truth to that. The times when I experience the most positive experiences and just good things are when I am carrying an energy about myself that is projecting that same thing. So you get what you give. Number nine, relationships are the greatest currency available to you. There's not much more to say about this one. Relationships, are, relationships are super important. I think, you know, you can, you can lose your job and lose your, and lose your income. But if you have solid relationships, you're probably not going to struggle to find another job or to find another source of income. So, valuing your friendships, valuing valuing your connections from an authentic place, not just viewing them as something that you can, or viewing people as tools that you can use to leverage your own success but genuinely being interested in other people and genuinely caring about the relationship and nourishing those relationships is so important especially you know when you're going through hard times and you need people to to support you it's so important that you that you have those relationships there um because ultimately you know relationships are also the biggest one of the biggest um biggest factors when it comes to our overall health and happiness so value your relationships highly Number 10, vulnerability is strength. Talked a lot about this on number 34, the podcast that I did with Luke and Ryan. I think it's number 34. Yes, it was. Um, and really that just speaks to the fact that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you express yourself more openly, it actually enables others to connect with you more deeply. Um, and it helps you to recognize that, oh, actually, some of these these things that I thought were like shameful about myself are really not that big a deal and that people have set me a lot more than I perhaps realised and that people actually admire others who are willing to be the one who expresses their, their own insecurities or their own weaknesses or their own perceived flaws it's actually quite admirable so yeah number 11 self-worth is inherent big one big one um these are all big ones. I don't know why I'm saying big one. Like these, all twelve of these are big ones to me, at least. Um, self worth is inherent. I think it's very easy, especially in my case, to get wrapped up to wrap up your self worth in external things. For me, I've wrapped up my self worth in my physical appearance, in my physical capacity, in my intelligence, in my career, in my sporting ability in all sorts of different things. I could probably go on, but I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. And there's nothing wrong with valuing these things. They're all great, but it's also important to recognise that your value, your self-worth is independent of all of those external things. If you were to lose any of those, one of those things, your self-worth still remains. So really coming into recognition of that, I think, is vital for you to remain centred and at peace when, inevitably, one of those things that you're identified with is challenged or is taken away from you. I think that's what I've got to say on that one. Number 12, the final one. Don't forget to have fun. I I feel like, for me... The COVID time and the sort of year, year and a half post-COVID, I was just so serious. I just I I threw myself into work, into studying and learning, and it was great. It was such a productive couple of years. I achieved a lot, and I'm very grateful for the mindset that I held during those moments, but I forgot how to have fun. I forgot how to let myself go and just enjoy my moment and go with the flow. And so now, one of my focuses moving forward in life is just to have fun, to worry less, to enjoy myself. So, yeah, I mean, what else are we here to do? I don't think we're here to work, for sure, to to be of service to others and and to create positive change in the lives of those around us. But I also think we're here to have a good time and to connect and to explore and to play. I think those things are really important for a healthy and happy human being. So those are my top 12 teachings of 2022. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you found that any of those in particular super resonated with you, or if you have any that you'd like to share with me, please do drop me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, my username on Instagram is Or oh, You know what? That's all in the show notes at the bottom. Um, And then last thing, don't forget, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave a rating and a review, ideally a five-star one. That'd be much appreciated. Share this with somebody who you think would enjoy it or appreciate it. And if you want to be extra special, then what you could do is take a screenshot of of this episode on whatever platform you're listening to, upload it to your social media story, tag me in it, and that would be fantastic. So that's all I've got for you this week.